Hello, fellow educators, and welcome to episode 39 of the West Virginia Leaders of Literacy podcast. I'm your host, Becky Lewis, and today my co-host for the month is Samantha Statler. Today, Sam and I are going to talk to you about a really great resource, not only for educators, but also for parents and families of young children that help with the development of social and emotional skills. This is the West Virginia Leaders of Literacy podcast, where we engage in educational conversations to strengthen early literacy in West Virginia. Are you ready to become a leader of literacy? Hello, listeners, and Sam, welcome back to the podcast. I am really excited to have you back as my co-host for this month. Hey, Becky, I'm excited to be here with you today, and I'm looking forward to our conversation. As we are recharging and preparing for the upcoming school year, it's important to take some time to reflect and think about how the support experiences and opportunities that we provide our students have a huge impact on their development, not just within our classrooms, but outside of the classrooms as well. Just to note, today's episode is not just intended for educators in the classroom, but it is intended for all of the people in a child's life, from parents to grandparents, families, uh, child care providers, anyone who plays a role in providing support, learning experiences, and other opportunities for children from birth. In the wake of the pandemic, we know that the adage, it takes a village to raise a child, is even more important now than ever before. So listeners, I would like to encourage you to share this episode with parents, grandparents, families, child care providers, anyone who works with young children, so that they have the access to the knowledge and the resources that we are going to be talking about today. Yes, Becky, I think that our episode today is going to be so helpful to all of those out there providing support for our children. To succeed in school and in life, we can't just send our children out in the world to become readers and mathematicians and scientists. They need to grow confident in themselves. They have to be able to understand others, to work and collaborate with others, and to solve problems. Educators and pediatricians often refer to this set of skills as social and emotional. Absolutely, Sam. I couldn't agree more with how important these skills are for our children. The research that supports the impact of social emotional learning is truly compelling. And I felt that it was important to share a little bit of background information with our audience members who may be joining us for the first time, or maybe those who did not hear our previous episodes that dealt around social emotional learning. So The Collaborative for Academic Social and Emotional Learning, or what we refer to as CASEL, this is a group that we have referred to in the past, and they were actually the first ones who introduced the term social and emotional learning 26 years ago. The research and practice around social emotional learning has grown so tremendously in those past 26 years. 
Um, Castle's definition is one of the most widely used and cited definitions for social emotional learning. And I wanted to make sure that we were all on the same page about what social emotional learning means and how we're going to use it throughout this episode. So we're going to use Castle's definition and their definition is that social emotional learning is a process through which all young people and adults acquire and apply knowledge, skills, and attitudes to develop healthy identities, manage emotions, and achieve personal and collective goals. It also allows us to feel and show empathy for others, establish and maintain supportive relationships, and make responsible, caring decisions. Thank you for sharing that updated information with us. It is important that as educators and caregivers, we are aware of what SCL is. Sam, I think this would be a great time to begin shifting our conversation to focus on a resource that I know that you are familiar with um, that supports this holistic approach to a child's SEL development that we've been talking about. Absolutely, Becky. This resource is called Big Heart World. And I remember when I first learned about Big Heart World, I was so excited to dig into it, not only as an educator, but as a mother, because they do have information and activities on there for children anywhere from two to eight years old. So I was super excited um, to see what I could use from this resource with my own daughter. Bigheartworld.org is a website initiative produced by Sparkler in collaboration with Noggin that enables parents, caregivers, and educators to help children explore what it means to have a big heart and how to grow one. So this means that children will be learning about me, which is the awareness of themselves, the identity and belonging, their feelings and self-regulation, learning about you, which is just that awareness of others, how to have empathy and that appreciation of diversity and learning about us, you know, just focusing on those relationships with other people and interpersonal strategies to use in those relationships. And these skills are always important, but they are especially top of mind today as, you know, we are all coping with the global pandemic, inequality, and social discord. Families and educators are wondering, how can I help my child manage these feelings? You know, especially anger and frustration and sadness. How can I help my child develop social and communication skills when they are separated from their peers? How can I prepare my child to, you know, phase back in and restart that normal life? So Big Heart World is a place where parents and caregivers and educators can ask and help answer these big questions related to their own children's social and emotional learning. Each month, Big Heart World will provide new science-based engaging content, including Noggin's Big Heart Beats music videos, answers from experts, podcasts, play-based learning activities, and more. This work draws from a body of research that recognizes that vital importance of these skills to children's positive outcomes. Social and emotional development in early childhood lays that foundation for children's development throughout their lives. Helping our young children build these skills today to develop those positive relationships, 
feel confident within themselves, identify and manage their emotions, and stand up for what is right will help them to succeed in school and transform them into the leaders and change makers of tomorrow. Thanks for sharing all of that, Sam. And I'm just so impressed with all of the resources that this site has to offer. Um, Like you said previously, there's a section for families, one for parents, one for educators, and they even have a blog you can visit. And like you mentioned, the podcast and those podcasts really focus on big topics in SEL. So Sam, I looked at this site a little bit, but I know that you really took some time to dig in and explore the website and actually utilize some of the resources with your little one. So can you talk about some of those resources that you came across and um, what it provides for parents? Yes. So when you go to the site, bigheartworld.org, there are actually several different tabs at the top. And one of them is for parents. So I clicked on this and in the drop down menu, there are actually three options, self-care for parents, the Big Heart World Family Guide, and a section for Big Heart World events. I immediately clicked on the self-care for parents tab. And I am just so glad that Big Heart World brought this to light for us. There is a five-minute lighthearted meditation video on there for parents and caregivers that just kind of reminds us as parents and caregivers to focus on ourselves for a few minutes and just breathe and relax. I really enjoyed listening to this and kind of following along with the breathing and listening to what was being said. This section also has 15 ways that parents can take care of themselves. A few of those techniques were to spend time outside, to exercise, maybe take a break from screen time, and to learn something new. And my personal favorite way to kind of take some time for myself, Becky, is to read. So I have definitely been more intentional about carving out some time for me to read since I have looked at this section of the website. I just think sometimes, you know, we get so lost in the world of doing and going and cleaning and just doing all of those things as caregivers that we forget we have to fill our own buckets too. And stress is a normal part of life, but, you know, as caretakers, we have to be and feel at our best to provide the best care for our children. I think that's so great that this website inspired you to kind of reevaluate your life and figure out how to, like you said, carve out your own self-care time. And I also completely agree with you, Sam. It is so easy for us as parents to become overloaded and to forget ourselves. And I know that in some of our previous podcast episodes that I'm going to link in the show notes, we've talked about the importance of self-care for educators, but we have not talked about the importance of self-care for parents and caregivers. And I'm really, really excited that this resource includes that aspect for parents. Like you mentioned, not only do we get busy and forget to take care of ourselves, but I think sometimes, at least with me personally, it's really hard to justify taking that time for myself. I feel like I need to be able to do all the things for everyone else first, but 
I also do know from experience that that's really not good or healthy for me to act this way because I'm always at my best for my children after I've taken that time to reset or recharge by doing a a 5, 10, 15 minute activity for myself. So um, Sam, thinking about that parent section, are there any other pieces that you would like to share with the audience? Yes. So actually, um, there is another section under the parents tab, and that is the parent and caregiver guide. Each month of the Big Heart World Initiative, they share a guide for parents and caregivers. The guide will introduce the big idea of that month. It actually provides like an overview of the resources that are available. It suggests ideas for how parents and caregivers can use those Big Heart World resources to support their children's social and emotional learning. And you're actually able to print these guides and they encourage you to share them. They offer these guides in English and in Spanish, which I thought was nice for our English language learning families. Yeah, that is really great. And um, this was one resource that I did take the time to look at and it really is a great tool to use for parents and caregivers to talk more with their children about families. So on the website um, currently, but I know this episode's going to air later, but currently as we're recording, they have the parent caregiver guide for April and May. For April, the topic was identity and belonging. And for May, they are focusing on feelings. Um, especially with all that's happened within the last year, I would definitely take advantage of these free tools and activities to use with your child or your children to help them sort out their feelings. Um, We know there's a lot of anxiety that many of us are feeling, especially our children due to the pandemic. And um, we're trying to transition back to normalcy. So it's really important to be taking advantage of tools like these to talk those feelings through. Right. And I have a daughter who is almost three years old. And when I think big picture, I mean, she has been home for a third of her life. And I used to really stress myself so much about all the things maybe that she was missing out on, all of the social activities and opportunities that she wasn't having. Um, and I was just getting really nervous that she you know, wasn't getting things that maybe, in other words, she should have been getting. I was also worried because I felt that she was missing out on some other really important things. So I am sure parents of children who are in elementary school can relate to how I was feeling. And, you know, all we can do is just continue to do our best and to communicate with our children during these challenging times. The last section for parents is the Big Heart World events. And here you can find what Big Heart World is offering globally. And there are some videos to help guide parents and caregivers specifically during a pandemic. Um, So it is super helpful if you're looking kind of for more information on that. Thanks for sharing all that information. And that was just the parent section. There's two other sections that we're going to talk about. So, um, Sam, I know many of our listeners are caregivers and they're going to be excited about all of those tools. And you also said there was a section just for families. So can you talk about what the differences were between the section for families and the section for parents on the Big Heart World website? 
Yes. And this was something that I was interested in exploring also. I thought that was um, neat that they had a parent section and a family section. So in that family section, there are actually a lot more tools to explore. This is where you would find the Big Heart Beats album, which includes the songs and the music videos that go along with that month's topic. You can also find the Little Kids Big Hearts podcast, which is hosted by a childhood educator that explores just kind of what it means to have a big heart, how to grow one, and it has episodes focused on um, identity, friendship, and standing up for what's good. It also encourages you to listen to the podcast with your children or your students course, I'm a podcast junkie. So this was definitely one of the sections that I checked out. And this resource is really great for families. And I know sometimes I don't always have time to just pick up a book or a guide to read. But while I'm cooking or cleaning or driving, it's very easy for me to turn on a podcast and listen to it throughout my day. Right? Absolutely. Um, I usually can fit in some podcast or audiobook listening in the morning as I'm doing my makeup or getting ready for work. So another neat thing that they provide is those discussion guides for caregivers and educators. So if you did want to take some of that information from the podcast and use it with your child, you could definitely do so. Also under the family section is the Big Heart World Activities. Here they have play-based learning activities. It gives you the chance to talk, sing, and play to help your child continue to learn about those important SEL skills. You can pick the skill, the age group, and even the type of activity that you would like to do with your child. You'll also find the Big Heart World book list, which I loved. Big Heart World, along with some other world partners, actually handpicks books that can help parents, caregivers, and educators introduce children to different social and emotional learning topics that help them grow big hearts. And I thought this was a really nice resource because I know sometimes I'll just find myself Googling, you know, um, books on empathy or friendship, and it's really nice that they've already kind of compiled a list for us. You'll also find Big Heart World Vocabulary. This has a list of all of those words associated with that month's topic and the definition. And some of the words from this month's topic, which is feelings, are afraid, calm, confused, curious, and embarrassed. And the last thing you can find under this section, um, it's actually kind of interactive. So there's an area that you can plug in some information about your child, um, specifically like how old they are and some of your favorite things about them. And once you submit it, you can actually um, click a specific filter. So let's say I wanted to read other heart maps about three-year-olds um, because the information I put in about Panora. I marked that she was three. So it popped up in other areas of the world, other parents who had filled in information about their three-year-old. So I thought that was just a really nice way to kind of, um, you know, connect all of us who are parents or caregivers and read and share some of those positive things about our own children with other people. I think that's great. Um, that connection is really important because as parents, we're never sure if we're doing it right. And so to be able to see other children who are very similar to ours is always a relief on that parent heart. 
There is such a plethora of content for families and parents. Um, So let's shift our gears and talk about the final section of resources which are available to educators. So Sam, are the educator resources similar to the family resources? Well, just like the parent and caregiver guide, there is an educator guide for each month, um, which will just enable educators to use those songs and those music videos from the Big Heartbeats album and other content that is part of the initiative in schools and classrooms. And educators can find content areas across the website that they can incorporate into their own classrooms. So I was actually able to look through one of those educator guides, and I was really excited to see that they use the same vocabulary list from the family guide to the educator guide. That way you're bridging that vocabulary connection between home and school, which I think is really important. And um, just like in the family guide that you were talking about, where they provide those book titles for uh, families, those same book titles are included for teachers. And I think that's a great way to incorporate those book titles into the classroom as like part of a morning meeting protocol or as part of your English language arts instruction. And again, it helps build that bridge if you're utilizing those um, texts at home and at school. In addition to providing parents and families um, with the web address, Sam, when we're thinking about educators, are there other ways that you could see educators um, using or sharing this information with their students' families? Yeah, and other than just, you know, sharing the website with families, educators could even print off the parent guide and um, send that home. You know, the website encourages you to print them off and share it. So you could, you know, share parts of it and your weekly or monthly newsletters. They can incorporate that month's topic maybe into homework where they could send one of those books from that fabulous book list home and maybe have an adult or caregiver read it to their child. You could even use them as read-alouds in your own classroom or take some time to listen to the Little Kids Big Heart podcast and complete that discussion guide with an adult at home. And of course, I really love that idea of using the podcast at home with um, students and their families because I think it's just that a great way for families to begin having a conversation or to continue having a conversation about big feelings and all the other important topics that they cover. Because as a parent, sometimes that's challenging to figure out how you're going to have a conversation about a big feeling and help your child deal with that big feeling. So um, I know Sam that I mentioned it before, but you utilize some of these resources at home with Hanora. So can you talk about the resources specifically that you used? Yes. So I went to the families tab and I selected the big heart world activities and the SEL skill that I selected was feelings. So as an almost three-year-old, my daughter has a lot of really big feelings Honora is a great communicator, um, but it's when she gets really sad or kind of frustrated or mad that she really doesn't know how to communicate or maybe how to just deal with those big feelings. And she kind of just plops herself down on the floor. Um, You know, she'll stick out her bottom lip lip really big and and look really sad. So I actually found an activity um, called Calm Down the Fun Way. 
So with this activity, the goal is to build a calming space in your house for your kiddo to use, um, to just kind of go there and calm themselves down anytime that they are feeling maybe that they need that break or if they are experiencing, um, you know, a challenging situation. And in the activity, it actually gives you the age group that it's appropriate for, the skills that will be worked on, materials you might need, and instructions. So the materials that we needed for this activity were some soft items like pillows and blankets. We also needed some calm materials like books maybe that surrounded different emotions or, um, you know, stuffed animals and anything else that would just kind of help um, Honey feel calm. So I first talked with her about the times that she does get upset or frustrated and how she kind of just like sits on the floor and whines and cries. I asked her if she wanted to kind of make a safe space for her to go when she is feeling that way or just feeling frustrated or upset. And if she wanted to kind of give herself some time to calm down, she seemed really interested and was just very agreeable during our conversation and seemed kind of excited to be building this calm space for herself. She agreed to move um, one of the circular rugs that we actually had upstairs in her room. She wanted to move it downstairs in our living room since that's where we do spend most of our time together at home. We moved a few other things around um, so we could put the little rug in a corner, you know, with some extra pillows that I got from her bed. We then brought one of her smaller bookshelves down from her room and kind of placed it where it cut that corner off from the rest of the room. So it was its own kind of little area. So I had the rug for her to sit on. I had some pillows for her and um, I grabbed one of the mini baskets that I just kind of had laying around my house. I put some unopened um, Play-Doh in there. We did have some cards that have um, emotions and just different facial expressions for those emotions. I put those in there. I put a few board books about feelings that we have previously read together one of her soft stuffed animals, and I had actually made her a calming jar um, that had some water and glitter in it. So we practiced visiting the calming space, how to use all of those items over there, and we practiced taking some deep breaths, counting to three, reading one of the books, and just kind of like holding on to her stuffed animal. So I told her you know, several times that the next time that she's having one of those really big feelings that she can go to her calm down area, um, just to kind of feel safe and just to help her feel better. She really seemed to enjoy creating this space and was proud of her work. Honora has been to her calming space twice since we created it, and it really seems to be working for her. Um, she also tried to put our dog in the calming space when she wouldn't start barking. So, I, you know, which just kind of shows me she really understands what that space is for. So that was pretty funny. Um, we also listened to the How You Feel song, which is located in the Big Heartbeats album, uh, which is also under that family tab on the website. And she loves listening to songs. She loved the music video. That is definitely something I think we will listen to um, a lot more. And other than this specific activity, we did talk about some of those vocabulary words that were in this month's parent and caregiver guide that focused on feelings. So some of the words that we discussed were angry, anxious, brave, 
calm down emotion, feelings, and upset. And, you know, all in all, Becky, Honora really enjoyed making this space, listening and dancing to that song, and was really attentive during our conversation about those feeling words. I think that's great. And I love that you picked out just a few vocabulary words so you wouldn't overwhelm her because, again, she's almost three. She's not there yet. But all of the ones that you picked out were very intentional. And I feel like this is a really powerful activity, especially after you shared that she related it to the dog and and having the dog calm down. So uh, just thank you for sharing that with us. So we are coming to the end of this episode, and I want to ask you a final question. So as we're thinking about all of the great ideas on this website around social emotional learning and everything that we've just talked about today... For the caregivers and the educators who are interested in incorporating some type of SEL practice into their routine, um, how would you suggest they begin? So this is a really great question, Becky. And I know sometimes, you know, as parents and caregivers, we can feel really overwhelmed when we're trying to incorporate something new with our children. So I would just be really intentional about just doing, you know, one thing at a time. And I think the easiest way to start would be just by having those conversations with your child about their feelings, especially when, you know, those situations arise and they're particularly struggling with one emotion. Um, For example, Honey's other mother and I are no longer together. And so she is working through missing her other mom and she gets sad. And, um, you know, I always, anytime that she's talking about missing mommy, I sit and talk with her about how it is okay to miss someone and that I have missed someone and that we can still miss and love those people. And that it is absolutely okay to feel sad about that. I just think it's really important for our children to know that the way they're feeling is okay and to give them those opportunities to share how they're feeling. Um, even if that's something that might, you know, we always just kind of want to save the day for our kids. You know, of course we don't want our children to be sad, but these are emotions that our children are going to have to learn to navigate because one day our children are going to be adults and we absolutely want them to know that it's okay to express their feelings and to have all of those strategies in place to um, cope with those feelings. So I just think looking for those opportunities to talk with your child about maybe how they're feeling about something new happening or just something that might occur in their daily routine. For links to all the resources discussed in this episode and for additional information, please visit our website at wbde.us forward slash leaders of literacy click on podcast and click on the show notes for episode 39. Want to learn more about being a leader of literacy? Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss a single installment. In the next episode, I'm joined with my co-host for the month, Maggie Luma, and we are going to discuss structured literacy. You won't want to miss it. Thanks for listening.